Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. This call doesn't cost you anything. Call 1-866-405-8405 to ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani, the dog father. Questions about your animals, please. Perhaps. Uh, I know you get all kinds of people that come up to you with their human questions, but we're trying to avoid that. Uh, you're better versed and legally licensed, really, only to consult on animals. That. Correct. That's right. I, I don't dabble in people. It just gets really weird when I get people start showing me rashes and you know things on their body. It's just very uncomfortable for everyone in the exam room. So, just dogs and cats and an, uh, other animals. On today's show, and this is pretty cool because I don't see a lot of videos uh, online. But this video I saw, it was a video of an officer crawling across a partially frozen pond to rescue a dog. Aww. And he rescues a dog. The dog is okay, uh, doing very well now. You have got this officer? I do. I have him available. We're going to talk to him. Okay. That's on the way here on Animal Radio. Also, if you're buying, building, or remodeling a house, mm-hmm. there's a way to do it to make it pet friendly and make it so that, well, let's face it, pets cause a lot of damage to a house, <laughs> especially if you have a cat. They can. Not We're- if they're well trained. Now, come on. We have to go for proper training. Oh, are you going to tell me your house is undamaged and immaculate? She doesn't have a cat. It- <laughs> it is. <laughs> now, I no longer have a cat. But, you know, if you do proper crate training for dogs, don't leave them unsupervised and you keep them mentally stimulated, there's no reason you have to replace everything in your house. But it's good to be prepared. Okay. Well, we're going to have Chad Hall on. And he works for a company called Remodel Mate. And he's going to give us some ideas for remodeling so that if you have cats or animals, dogs that are not trained as well as Dr. Debbie's, uh, oh. you'll want to be listening to him. He's on the way. Just he can few, save you a lot of money. He can money. save you a lot of money, certainly. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, you were talking about videos, Hal. There was a, a viral video a few months ago about, uh, oh gosh, it was an animal abuse case. And but there is uh, there is good news all the way around on that, and um, it's pretty amazing. It was in the U.S. and it had calls from all over the country, and still the investigators are getting calls. So we'll tell you how it's wrapping up. It doesn't cost a penny to call toll-free 1-866-405-8405, and we go to Richard. Hey, Richard, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Where are you calling from today? From El Monte, California. Okay, listening in Los Angeles on coast. How can we help you? I have the whole team here for you. Well, I was at work last week. I caught a little bit of your episode. Where she was talking about a dog that was doing kind of like a bunny hop. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, we have an, it's an older Cocker Spaniel. We're kind of guessing her age because she was full-grown from a rescue. She was a breeding dog in Mexico that was rescued and brought up. And she is older. Now, at, when she walks her normal speed, you know, she walks kind of normal. But we notice the same thing. When she tries to go faster, she does that bunny hop both legs at the same time. Okay. Also, when she lays down for a long period of time, she has a hard time getting up. Okay. And does she ever carry, like, pick up a leg and, like, limp on a specific leg? Uh, once in a while, she will limp on a leg. Okay. But she hasn't done that for a while. But occasionally, okay. she would she would limp. Okay. So, yeah, and just for some background information for those maybe that don't recall that uh, episode. Um, so when we're talking about dogs having limping in various areas, when they do this kind of interesting 
knee hopping gait. It's basically uh, where the back legs are going um, in synchrony. So normally a dog's front legs and back legs go right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. <laughs> and that's kind of their normal gait. When we're having problems in the back end, sometimes we'll see this bunny hopping gait. And it is a little bit more distinctive with hip problems. Um, there can be other forms of limping where a dog may pick up a leg and hold it for a couple steps and then put it back down. Um, but when we see bunny hopping, we really say, okay, maybe the hips are having some kind of problem. Um, so, you know, that can be confirmed by, you know, a good physical exam and sometimes some x-rays as far as, you know, what needs to be done. Um, but anytime we do see this, we'd say, okay, what do we need to do for this pet? And uh, that would be my question. What have you done so far? Well, with this one, we haven't really done too much. We had one before her that was blind and... She was on like eight medicines per day for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. We spent thousands on her. Right now, we don't really have most of the vets you go to. They want to do complete blood work, everything else, and before you walk out the door, it's you know four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. So yeah. really, we haven't done too much. We've changed her diet a few times, but like I said, she is older. When she's been laying down for a while, sometimes we'll help her get up, mm-hmm. and when she's up on her feet, then she's okay. But she's, you know, kind of stiff because she is older. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know, and not to toot a veterinarian's horn, but, you know, when we do need to prescribe medicines for pain relief, you know, it is important to do blood work. So, you know, there's kind of the wish list of all the things we'd like to do, and there's some basic things. So, you know, I think if you kind of say, hey, you know, Doc, you know, I want to help my baby, but, you know, I'm not prepared to spend $2,000, what can we do within a certain budget? Um, we can certainly do that. Um, so my wish list would be to take some x-rays and some blood work. If we don't get all of that, I, you know, if we're going to do pain medicine, I at least want some blood work. Um, just to make sure there's not something else that could compromise um, our health or make it dangerous for using certain medications. Um, but there's a whole gamut of different things that I'll look at, and um, that may be things um, just in the pure pain relievers like gabapentin or tramadol. Um, non-steroidal pain relievers, it is important to make sure we do lab work, um, but there's some fabulous ones out there that are either once or twice a day and can really improve um, mobility, um, give pets more quality of life than, you know, necessarily, you know, quantity, or we're looking for, you know, real quality. Um, well, I've, I've seen the infomercial or TV commercials for animal for, like, hip and joint medicine. It's supposed to, not a pain pill, but it's a, it's a joint mm-hmm. medicine. It's oh, supposed sure. to help yeah. them quite a bit. That's why I was thinking of the glucosamine. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can start with glucosamine. Um, I will be honest that when I hear a dog that's limping to the degree you're describing, glucosamine doesn't always do enough. Um, but sure, you can start with that. It could take a month to month and a half for it to really to gauge whether it's doing enough. So that's the downside. It's not a really quick um, you know, way to say, oh, my pet's feeling better. Um, so that's why you know, I do advise in many cases to use other types of pain relief or other modalities. So it doesn't always have to be medicine. It could be things like laser therapy. Um, so if I know a pet has a bad hip or bad hips, using what we call a cold laser is a way to treat in kind of a physical um, therapy uh, method that helps to decrease inflammation and pain and can um, keep an older pet moving, um, whether it be from arthritis or some kind of injury. So that is one therapy as well that your veterinarian may have available. Um, if your pet isn't a candidate for medication or you just want to try something a little bit more, more, 
more holistic. Um, so yeah, but glucosamine is a great thing. You can certainly try it. Um, I do advise people, you know, a little bit is um, the buyer beware. You do get what you pay for. And I, there are some fabulous veterinary ones that you can pick up either at your veterinarian or even online, um, some different um, pet catalogs. Um, and those would be the things that I would certainly look at starting and, uh, you know, sign up that visit for your vet to, to see what else you can do. What about a, a regular human glucosamine? Would that work also? Yeah, you, I mean, you can certainly use human glucosamine. Um, some of the advantages of the dog forms are really just make it easy and palatable to get those medicines down. So um, a lot of my patients I have on some of the chewable forms of glucosamine. And those are, you know, tasty. They, they like the way they um, they go down, um, and it's not such a struggle to have to, you know, force a capsule down your pet. So that would be uh, my first suggestion, just for ease of long term use. Um, but yeah, if your if your pet's a good pill taker, you can certainly start with a human product and and see how we do. And what kind of dosage would you recommend? Like about how many milligrams? She weighs. We weighed her today about twenty two pounds. Yeah, we generally glucosamine is between 15 to 30 milligrams per kilogram. So that kind of puts her at um, the smaller dog size. Glucosamine is about 250 milligrams. Um, a higher size is about 500. So I would say between 200 and 400 milligrams uh, would be a good dose for her. Okay, we're good. Thank you very much. Okay. And if this doesn't work out, we will we will get her into a vet also. We promise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we, I always kind of harp also on things you can do at home, and that's also make sure we do have a pet in good weight because any extra weight your pet has, it puts more stress on those joints that could be having pain. So, you know, do your part. Make sure you do have a nice, lean, um, older pet um, that will help them keep them moving longer. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, Richard. Calling from Coast in Los Angeles, one 405 8 405 is the number, and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. I go to the dog park a lot. Sometimes I even bring my dog, and I see people there communicating with their dogs like they would another person, talking to them like they're human. There's nothing wrong with that, but just so you know, your dog has no idea what you're saying. Your dog will never learn how to speak or act like a human, but you can definitely learn to speak dog. Your dog watches you a lot. He's studying your body language. Do you carry yourself like a strong, confident, and compact leader, or do you get frazzled easily? Your dog is very sensitive to your state of mind. Dogs are always trying to find their place to find themselves within a pack. If you're a strong, confident, secure pack leader, you make that job a lot easier for your dog. So your dog will be much calmer. We've all seen the dogs at the park that are barking constantly and acting like nervous wrecks. That's because they are. Most of the time, dogs like that have been forced into the position of being the pack leader. And that's just not comfortable for them. They need you to step up and be the pack leader. And how do you do that? Well, by learning to speak dog. Your dog watches what you do. He's not concerned with your words. So if he enters the house first, he's in charge. If he walks ahead of you on a leash, he's in charge. If he disrespects your space or other folks and jumps on you, he's in charge. If you let him bark like crazy and run amok, he's in charge. The question is, how do you become the pack leader? It all starts with leash training and knowing how to give your dog a correction and only praising for the desired behavior. When he doesn't, you ignore him or you correct him. What is a correction? Pretty much it's like a tap on the shoulder. You're redirecting the dog's attention, putting him in the frame of mind you want him to be in. It's really important that you 
walk your dog, get all that energy out. It'll make them calmer and easier for you to train. You want them to walk at your side or behind you, not in front. Let your arm be relaxed down at your side. No tension. With a little slack so that you can flick your wrist when you need to and cause a correction. Of course, you're going to need a choke chain or something similar. You might have to correct him many times before he gets the idea he needs to walk right by your leg and not pull. But he will get the idea. Use the heel command a lot. Just that one word. Just be consistent. Don't lose your patience. Be calm. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio, and Judy has just wrangled to get a phone call with Officer Robert Voorhees. He was the officer that pretty much crawled across a partially frozen pond to save a dog. Risked his own life. Really did. You may have seen the video. It's all around. It's viral, as they say. As those kids these days say, it's viral. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to him in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also coming up, how much does it cost to have a pet? A lot. Are you considering, by chance, besides uh, the vet costs and the, the cost for food and toys? That's, have you, that's what you think of. Yeah, that's what you think of. Have you thought about your house and Uh-oh. the damage that's being done to your house, especially if you have a cat? Your carpets, your hardwood floors. You guys say that. I've had so many cats. I've never had a cat who sprayed. Really? Never? You've been lucky. Yeah. Yeah, never. You've only had one cat at a time? No, I've had eight cats at a time. Really? Holy cow. And no spraying. Yeah. Wow. No spraying ever. So what what do they do? (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Now, usually multi-cat households have some kind of issue. Mm. Lori, she must have like an anti-stress device in the home. You yeah. know, like all the cats are getting reiki or something like that. So like they're all happy and on a, on a good emotional plane. <laughs> Lots of catnip. Chad Hall, he works for a company called Remodel Mate. And he'll be on in just a couple of minutes to tell us how we can uh, pet proof and make our pet friendly house better and easier to, to manage as far as damage goes. And uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Um, there's lots of new laws around the country. You know, we've had such cold, freezing, fr- let me just say freezing. Yes. I could put some other words in there. Some freezing <laughs> weather lately. And um, there are now laws, luckily, in, pl- in fact, one place has a, one whole state has a brand new law about tethering dogs outside. Um, also, if you just leave a dog in a car in cold weather, things like that. So we'll give you an update on uh, what you need to know to keep yourself and your pet safe. And that's about 10 minutes away with a check on the news with Lori Brooks from the Animal Radio Newsroom. And right now we're going to go to the phones for your calls. Toll free one 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has supplements for all of your pet's needs. And thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are y'all? Oh, I love the southern accent. Where are you calling from, Cindy? Well, I live in Mississippi, but I'm over in Georgia right now. Well, what's going on with your animal? You got a dog? You got a cat? You got an iguana? What, what do you got? Well, I 
I've got two cats, and about six weeks ago, my youngest son came home with this little puppy that he found laying in the middle of the road. He oh. thought it had been run over, and it got up and walked around, so he brought it home. Hmm. We gave it a bath, took it to the vet. Um, it was infested with fleas and had the mange. Wow. Well, okay. the vet gave us the dewormer, and we dewormed it. Little Billy was all swollen, poor little thing. And it was really lethargic and stuff. He's gotten a lot more energy now. And we, we did the first two dips with the sulfur-based dip. That, okay. You know, really nasty smelling. And uh, he gave, also gave us a bottle of some other kind of uh, a leave-on dip or something or another that you just put on, the, put on them and then wipe it down or something or other later on. Okay. But it's been about six, seven weeks now, and... We've been keeping him out on the porch, and I just want to know, is it safe to let the other animals around him now? Because I guess we're going to end up keeping him because we've just kind of fallen in love with the little thing. <laughs> okay. So the the big question I have is um, which particular type of mite your veterinarian did diagnose your baby with? Um, did they say if it was the sarcoptes mite or the demodectic mite? He didn't say. He just told me to make sure we all washed our hands it would spread to us. Okay. So that's probably the sarcoptes mite, which is, um, some folks call that the red mange. Um, and uh-huh. th- that potentially is a type of mite that can um, be contagious to people, but they don't really like people. They, you know, this kind of mite, they prefer critters. Um, but it is uh-huh. very contagious to other critters. So I will tell you that um, for sarcoptes, usually uh, the lime dip is one of the things that we can use to treat that. Um, there are some other things we can use as well. Um, some different types of either ivermectin or salamectin that can be done on a monthly basis. So sometimes we'll add that in if we've got a particularly bad time with it. If we're treating everything appropriately, um, most pets will get over this within just a matter of a few months. And it's just a matter of kind of what else is going on. A lot of dogs with mites will often have secondary infections on their skin. So they'll get a bacterial infection. And so we need to make sure that, you know, you are staying close with your veterinarian because um, a lot of times we'll have to treat with an antibiotic on top of some of these other things as well. He okay. is getting his hair back, and he's more energetic. He does yelp every now and then. We can't figure out why he's yelping. It's almost like he's in pain. You said that he had some other problems with the worms and such. So um, have those things been checked up with the vet as well to make sure those are gone? Uh, no, I'm I'm out on the road, and I haven't had a chance okay. to get home and take him back to the vet. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you're hitting um, everything with the appropriate medications. Um, It's just going to be a matter. Now, um, to decide when we're going to be done and over with this, um, really um, what I um, like to do is to make sure that we can prove that those mites are gone. So normally that's going to be based somewhat on physical exam. So we're going to see that the hair's looking better, the pet's feeling more comfortable, we're not itchy, scratchy. Um, But we really need to prove that um, those mites are gone. And we do that by rechecking that skin scraping. So I would make sure we keep up with the protocol until we can do that um and and hopefully um hopefully just be a matter of another uh, few weeks or so and, and you'll be done and past that the number's toll free doesn't cost you a penny 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to dr debbie this portion of animal radio is underwritten by vetra science and just like their owners are pets well they get older their joints stiffen up jumping for joy not so easy anymore Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from VetraScience help to support joint health in your pet. And we thank VetraScience for underwriting Animal Radio. 
all dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets, please. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, there's good news about the kitten that uh, had the unfortunate circumstance of starring in a viral video last month. We told you about it. Spot, a little three-and-a-half-pound calico kitten who was tossed into the air by a teenage boy in the Southern California city of Ontario. Police estimate that Spot was thrown, you know, like you would throw a football, 25 feet high into the air for a distance of about 75 feet. Most everyone who saw the video was shocked because the boy kissed Spot before he leaned back and threw the kitten, kind of like a goodbye kiss that he had given her, and then he like made a long pass as he would in a a football game. But he made that pass not with a ball, but with the kitten. Uh, Vets who have been treating Spot weekly say they too are amazed that she survived with only her major one injury being a fractured right front leg. Uh, There were so many calls to police about that video that officers ended up going door to door in the neighborhood where they kind of narrowed it down that it happened. They were looking for clues about the suspect and they got what they needed. They got their guy. The San Bernardino County District Attorney's Office has now filed a charge of felony animal cruelty against the 16-year-old suspect. The detective on the case says that he has been inundated still with calls from around the country from people demanding justice for Spot. Well, the weather has been so cold for the last few weeks. How cold? What? Well, it's super cold, okay? <laughs> uh, the law enforcement community is reminding pet owners to keep their pets indoors. And, of course, it's not just been cold for a day or two. It's been a couple of weeks of sub-freezing temperatures in about half of the country. In Pennsylvania, dog owners there are reminded that it is now illegal to leave their pets tethered outside in the cold, and those who are caught doing so could face fines and even jail time for tying up animals outside longer than 30 minutes in temperatures below 32 degrees. That new law in Pennsylvania went into effect in August. Also in Pennsylvania, when dogs are outside, they must also have access to a clean and dry shelter that allows them to maintain their normal body temperature. Now, meanwhile, in Colorado, Denver Animal Protection there is reminding people that failure to keep pets warm could have dire consequences for animals and result in a cruelty to animals or animal neglect charge up to a $999 fine and or a year in jail for the owners. Animal welfare experts say, you know, just because you have a a doghouse in your backyard does not mean that the animal will be okay in freezing weather. And remember, never, ever leave your dog or cat alone in a car during cold weather because in cold weather, a car is kind of like a refrigerator. It holds in the cold. 
some other cold weather tips. Don't leave potentially lethal chemicals like snow and ice remover or antifreeze within your pet's reach. Check under the hood or at least bang on the hood of the car of outdoor vehicles before starting them up because stray cats will often look for uh, warmth on a warm car engine. And remember, animals burn a lot of extra energy by trying to stay warm in the wintertime and in this extremely cold weather. It's prolonged and really hard on them. So feeding them a bit more during the cold weather months can provide some much needed calories. And yes, there are even heated bowls that will keep water from freezing in the winter. And heated things that you put in your bird baths if you're a bird lover for outside. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. And those of you that know me know I'm not a big social media guy. You, You won't find me on Facebook. You won't find me on Instagram. You won't find me checking out videos all day. However... You will find Judy doing that. And if there's any important videos... <laughs> that's my job. That's her job is to, to pass them on. And she actually passed on a great video. This is one of those videos that was captured from the front dash of a police car during a police call. And you may have seen it. If you haven't seen it, if you're like me and you don't peruse the videos, it's actually an officer crawling across a partially frozen pond to save a dog. Had fallen wow. through the ice. He has uh, no coat on. It looks uh, brutally cold. It looks like he could have easily fallen through, as you say, Judy. And he rescues the dog, and uh, it's a it's an amazing story. Have you seen the video, Lori? I have, and I noticed, like Judy did, he's not wearing a coat as he bellies out. You know, does that sniper crawl real cautiously onto the ice? But he gets that dog out so fast; it's quite incredible. He is uh, truly a hero. And I mention this because a lot of times the the cops get a bad rap. I mean, you'll see a news story about how a cop shot a dog. They get a lot of bad raps. But Mm -hmm. this this cop here, he is a true hero. And uh, we actually have him on the phone. Is that correct? Yes, we do. He is Officer Robert Voorhees. He works for the Hopewell, New Jersey Police Department, and he joins us. Hello, Officer Voorhees. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you guys? Very good. Thank you. So now tell us, how did this all come about? Was this a, a call that you had to attend to, or did you just see the dog? This was a, a 911 call. Uh, it was not my zone of responsibility. Another officer was responding, and it was uh, during a snowstorm. And uh, it was about 20 degrees out around 6 o'clock on December 15th. Another officer was responding, but the roads were horrible, and I was, I was relatively close, myself and, uh, and Officer George Peterson. So we responded and arrived along uh, with our paid fire department at the time. And uh, the dog was clearly in distress. Uh, it, the woman had said that the dog had fallen in and been in there probably about 10 minutes. And I, it, it was very obvious that the dog was not doing very well. And at one point, the dog had gone under the water for about five seconds and came back up. And I said, you know, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I've seen some videos of rescues and the guys that go out. I mean, there's several guys. They have these suits on that, you know, I guess protect them from the cold. It doesn't look like you have even a jacket on. Uh, I don't. At the time, uh, 
the fire department was waiting on a boat to get there, and the boat had just arrived. However, the boat was an inflatable boat that was in a box <laughs> that they still had to inflate, and they said it would take about 10 minutes. And uh, they were putting their suits on, and I know we didn't have time for that. The, the dog was not doing well. So uh, I had one of the firefighters tie a rope around my waist. I took my jacket off because uh, I knew I had a feeling I was going to get wet. So I didn't want anything weighing me down. And at the time, I took my, my gun belt off, and my, I took my, my personal body camera off as well because I didn't want to get that damaged. And uh, I decided to crawl out there. I had uh, my coworker, Officer Peterson, uh, hold on to the rope, and he's one of my personal best friends at work and outside of work as well. I trust him. I trust him with my life. And I said, uh, I'm going to go out there. When I get this dog, just, just pull me back in. And he knew exactly what I wanted. That dog really wanted to get out of the water. And when I got out there, it came right to me. Uh, I was able to get the collar, and then once she put her arms up, Officer Peterson knew it was the time to pull us in, and he, uh, he saved us both. And what kind of dog well, was they, it? How, what, it was a uh, one-year-old Rottweiler. Uh, oh, wow. It didn't look that big when it was underwater, <laughs> but uh, when it came out, it was pretty big. Yeah. What was that, Lori? Did they have you on a winch? Because you can tell. You said that that's your best friend, and he loves you, and you can tell that because, like, the moment. I don't even think the dog is all the way out of the water yet, and you are zooming backwards. Yeah, he, I, he, did, he was not uh, – he didn't think it was a good idea for me to go out there, but he was supportive, and uh, he decided that he – he, he basically saved us both. Uh, if it wasn't for him trying to get back out of there, the ice could have cracked. I could have fallen in. And at the time, I was still wearing a, a bulletproof vest underneath my uniform, and that would have just that was soaked with water as well because there was probably about an inch of water on top of the ice mm-hmm. from the uh, the dog splashing around. So I was I was pretty soaked by the time I got out of there, but not soaked. How big of a underwater. dog lover are you? <laughs> I love dogs. I love all animals, and uh, I actually got my first puppy, my own personal puppy, just uh, a few weeks before that incident. Kind of, kind of like uh, it, it really hit home for me that if this was my dog, I, w- I would do anything it took to get this dog out. Was the owner there? The owner was there. She was extremely grateful. Uh, uh, the second I got out of there, I was uh, a little bit emotional, and I went up and I gave her a hug because I know, <laughs> I mean, how I would feel if that was my dog. And uh, we, we gave each other a hug, and I told her, like, I have a puppy at home. I, I couldn't imagine what you were going through. And then uh, I tried to get them to warm the dog up. <laughs> and uh, The dog wanted to play. It was fantastic. But the best part of this entire incident was uh, I did an interview for a few news agencies around here uh, a couple days later, and I got to uh, meet the dog in better circumstances. Oh, and good. Play, and that she's okay. Oh, <laughs> Good great. to hear. Well, I'm so glad you came on the show today. We salute you for uh, doing what you did. I just think it's amazing. I'm wondering if I wow. would have. I probably would have done it, too. Just but it's, first it's, reaction, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, There's it, a lot of people saying that they, they probably wouldn't do it when they, in the comments and stuff. But if you guys, if you guys were there and you could see the, the dog in distress, I'm sure all animal lovers would have gone out there. As well. Yeah. Definitely. Well, have Thank yourself you. a wonderful new year, will you? Well, thank you very much. You guys have a great afternoon. Take care. Take care. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation... Don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. 
go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. It's Alan Cable. You know, pit bulls get a lot of real bad press, so it's nice to be able to tell you about a real pit bull that did an amazing thing. Saved a toddler's life. As you can see, like, he's a happy, healthy little boy. And that's because of Tater Tot, their rescued pit bull, who woke little Peyton's mom up in the middle of the night. He wasn't really coherent. They'd only had this dog for a few days. And he kept on whining and barking and running between the two of us, so I checked on him, and, like, he was, like... Barely breathing. Christy rushed her son to the emergency room. They found out his blood sugar was dangerously low, and nobody knows why. The doctor says the pit bull's keen sense of smell is what saved Peyton's life. Because for them, you know, what for us is, you know, barely a whiff of something gives them a huge picture of what's going on. Doggy heroes come in all sizes. This is Animal Radio, baby. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified fear-free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It is Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. We are into the 13th or 14th day of the new year. And for me, I'm so proud. I still am losing weight. I still have my New Year's resolution going. Well, you're sticking to it, huh? And, well, you know, in past years, that lasts about two days. Most of my <laughs> New Year's resolutions, two days. I make it through the first day, I say, hey, I'm doing good. The second day, I mess up. But not this year. Uh, we are about halfway through January, and uh, we want to know what kind of resolutions you've made. Have you made resolutions for your pet? Oh. Promises for your pet, because there are certain resolutions and promises you should make for your pet. We welcome back Debbie Martin. She is a licensed veterinary tech and a certified professional dog trainer. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. How about your New Year's resolutions? Have you kept them? Uh, I've I've kind of kept them. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard setting up a new routine and developing new habits. It takes a little bit of time. But I'm, I'm working towards that. What particular resolutions and promises should we have for our pets? First things that come to mind being in the veterinary field would be, you know, making sure we're taking care of the physical well-being of our pets. But I also work in the behavior field of animals, and so I also see the emotional aspect of it. So making sure we're taking good physical and emotional care of our pets is pretty important. And I think it gets overlooked at times. Uh, We get busy with our lives and the dogs or cats just kind of are there and we're meeting their needs with feeding them and taking them to the veterinarian or groomer when they need to. But we also need to be making sure we're meeting their physical and their exploratory and social needs too. So those are really important. How can Fear Free actually help pet owners keep their promises and New Year's resolutions? Free has actually developed uh, another part, which is called Fear Free Happy Homes, because what Fear Free recognized was that pets actually spend a very small amount of their life in the veterinary hospital. They spend a lot of time with their pet owners and at home. And so Fear Free Happy Homes is working to provide up-to-date and new information about how we can make our house enriching and fun and fulfilling for our pets and making sure they're fear-free and their emotional well-being is taken care of as well. Do you have animals at home? I do. I've got four dogs. Four dogs. And obviously, it's a fear-free, happy home, I imagine? It is. Well, we try to make it that way for sure. What have you done to make your home fear-free? I 
try to set a routine with my dogs so that uh, I am giving them physical exercise and I'm not exhausting them. You know, some people say a tired dog's a good dog. That's not always necessarily true. Sometimes <laughs> a tired dog is a sore dog or an irritable dog. I really like having my dogs go out for a sniff walk where we walk out on the back part of our property and let them just smell and kind of take in all those scents that they are picking up. I wish they could tell us what they're smelling and what's been there, but I let them do that. So that's kind of their physical as well as exploratory activity. And then I try to rotate how I feed them. Rather than being in a food bowl, I get a lot of different kind of puzzle toys or one of the ones that my dogs really like is a snuffle mat. Oh, Uh, yes. Yeah, so they love that. For It's really easy for me, too. I just put the food on the snuffle mat and put it down, and they get to eat it and kind of use their nose to find every little last kibble. Um, and uh, and then social time, so making sure that I spend several minutes every day just one-on-one with each of my dogs doing something that they enjoy so that uh, you know they're having kind of like special time with mom, so to speak. You know, that's the biggest gift you can give your animals is that time. You know, you, mm-hmm. we just got done with the holiday season. You were thinking about all those gifts you can get for your animal. But, I mean, really just spending some one-on-one time with them is the best gift you can give your animal. If you want to learn more about Fear Free and Fear Free Happy Homes, it's so easy. Head on over to the website, fearfreehappyhomes.com or fearfreepets.com. Of course, we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. And Debbie, thanks so much for coming back on. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Let's head back to the phones, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. John Elder from England was heartbroken when his prized termite-sniffing beagle was stolen. Someone stole Joni by breaking a small air vent and dragging her through. Elder talked to local media, and news of the lost termite dog reached neighboring towns. A motorist found Joni walking dazed and confused in the middle of the highway. She originally thought that Joni had been hit by a car because she was missing so much skin and hair. Her daughter read about the missing dog, and soon Elder and his missing hound were reunited. Joni's abductor hasn't been found, but I'd look for somebody who used to have termites. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit RedBarnInc.com to save a dollar on Red Barn grain-free canned food. Celebrating the connection with our pets... This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy, you have a a house 
full of animals. There's a lot of animals. Cats, dogs, yes. Do you have any damage to your house? I mean, let's say, and you're renting, I believe. Would, I, would, your, would you get your deposit back? That's the question. Would you get your deposit back? Uh, is my landlord listening? <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll be doing some damage control before I move out. Oh, yeah, like what? What will... Uh, replace baseboards and oh, really? kind of touch up hardwood floors. Yeah, I'll do, a li- I'll do as much as I can before I move out. The carpet, I don't know if the carpet can be salvaged. Yeah, usually it can't. You you have lots of throw rugs. And, yeah, and I do. Around. That works good, doesn't it? It does because I can just you know wash them, them away. and then I can throw them away. That's when why they... they call them throw rugs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> throw them away. But it's not all urine. I mean, it's like also it helps a dog you know get gripping on, on the floor surface. Yeah, yeah, right? it does does like help, it, especially the when they're older. Mm-hmm. I believe you have some sick animals too. So you have vomit and uh, well they're elderly so they have so some elderly, health okay. issues yes yes lots of vomiting and lots lots of poop yeah. yeah if you're a landlord or if you're planning on buying a house or just want to remodel your house to make it damage proof yes. sort of i guess that's what i'm saying is more pet friendly damage proof so that not so much damage is done with your animals especially cats mm-hmm. we have a guy coming on this hour that's his job he remodels houses cool. and makes them pet friendly i need him Yes, you do. I have a lot of questions for him. If you have questions, you can call toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. He's coming up in just about 40 minutes or so. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? We have for you, coming up, the top 10 dog-friendliest states. Top 10 Mm dog-friendliest states. Let me tell you, this this list is going to turn your world upside down because it's kind of unconventional. Really? Really? Okay. Uh-huh. That's on the yes. way. Who did the list? Do you know? Uh, Safewise.com. Safewise. Is that like an insurance company? Do you know? They deal with safety issues. Safewise Repair. <laughs> really? <laughs> Isn't there? There's a little ditty, I think. <laughs> or is that Safe Light? That's what I, I don't know. I always thought that was I don't know. I think I'm making it up. <laughs> uh, the only jingle I remember is the Oscar Mayer theme. And why it's up there, and I can't remember important things like what to do today. Are we going to go to the phones, Judy? Yes, let's go to the phones. we got lots of calls. The number's toll free. Doesn't cost you a penny. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. And just like their owners, our pets get older, their joints stiffen up, and jumping for joy is difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help to support joint health in your pet. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio. We have Kathy on the line. Hi, Kathy. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. Dr. Debbie's right here for you. So what do you got going on there? Well, I have a two-year-old. Um, she's a female, short-haired. I got her. She was um, only a day old. Our mom abandoned her. and Anyway, she celebrated her uh, two years of uh, being here, but she has a problem that I can't quite figure out, and I don't know if it's uh, emotional or if it's a physical problem. Um, we've had several cats, and I've seen them chase their tails before, but nothing like this one does. She actually uh, gets angry at it. She'll bite her tail. She'll actually hiss and show her teeth, and she goes in circles one way and then goes in circles the other way. Anybody that's ever seen her, they think she has a problem, too. But um, Uh I didn't know if this was something that, um, you know, and and she doesn't do it all the time. It's kind of like... um, We'll be sitting and watching television, and all of a sudden, maybe she'll start doing that. Uh, and it's not like she's starving for attention. I'm there all all day with her, 
And mm-hmm. when she's doing that, you can't touch her. She won't have nothing to do with you. And what if you do touch her? What, is she, what does she do if you try to touch her at that moment? Well, when, when you try to even approach her, she just runs off, and then she just continues to growl and goes in her circles or, you know, still upset with her, her tail. And mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be that tail that she doesn't seem to be able to control. It'll slap her in her face, like, you know, and she, she'll continue to run around. And, like I thought, she'll go in circles one way. She'll stop, and she'll go in circles the other way. And all the time that she's doing that, she's growling or uh, trying mm-hmm. to... And sometimes she does catch her tail, and then she doesn't know what to do. She just gets angry at it. Does she bite it or injure it in any way? Well, she not. I, I don't think she's drawn any blood or anything like that. Um, she does occasionally catch up with it. Like, even when we're, she sits in my lap, she will uh, start growling, and then her tail... I We actually will hold her tail down to seem to keep it from twitching and doing its little thing, and she seems to calm a little bit. And it's just really strange. All righty. Now, does she have any other problems where she, um, like if you pet her, does she have any problems where she her skin crawls or she tries to attack you if you're petting her? No, no, but, you know, she does have one other thing, and she doesn't do this to anybody else but me, but, like, I'll be standing and I'll maybe have my arms uh, to my side, and she'll actually jump up and kind of almost nip at me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't do that to anybody else. It just seems to be she likes to get even with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then does she have does she have any kind of skin uh, sores uh, anything where she's chewing herself itching elsewhere like on her body anything like that no no okay. no she uh, well let me uh back up about oh three months ago she did have some little red marks and we ended up going to the vet and they did give us some topical but then it was gone and he thought it was just an irritation of some sort you know a, a, mm-hmm. a, but that's not her tail. That was more like by her groin, you know, or her back area there. But um, this is just a tail thing, it seems to. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, well, this isn't unheard of. I mean, it may seem like you're the first person to have to deal with this crazy behavior. Um, but, yeah, we do see this. And uh, the good thing for you is that she's not traumatizing that tail. Because I do see cats that um, will start to... Uh, attack their tail chew it and i've actually had some chew it down to the bone where we have to amputate the tail and the causes of this behavior can be from a different a couple different sources um there's some overlap so it does take a little bit of some looking to figure out what we might be dealing with there are some kitties where it's just a behavioral problem almost like an ocd kind of thing and uh, for them you know sometimes we'll talk about behavior meds um Uh there are kitties that have skin disease things like allergies food allergies and that can it's generally also we see other skin related problems going along with this so it's not always just the tail that they try to attack or that they're bothered with they generally also will chew lick or have other types of skin problems so if that's any possibility then i'd encourage you to have your veterinarian do kind of like a skin workup um, whether we're looking into allergies with diets or medications or what have you um, we get into some of the more bizarre causes of tail chewing and attacking the tail for kitties. And those are um, pain syndromes and what we call hyperesthesia syndromes. Those are kind of a little bit more unusual, but we can see some kitties that have uh, spinal problems or types of uh, pain that can affect the very far nerves into the tail area. And and those are kind of a little trickier to figure out. And if there's, you know, she sounds like she's a young, do- a young kitty, so probably not horribly in the arthritis category. 
category. But for old, old cats that do this kind of thing, I definitely check them for spine arthritis, hip problems, because we can see some problems where they'll start to mutilate their tail. But for your, for your little baby, I would say that I might go looking towards some of the uh, behavioral possibilities here. Um, if we're any at all worried about something like um, a neuropathy or a pain type problem, it would be kind of the equivalent of in people where we have like the pins and needle type sensation. And, um, you know, if you're a cat and that happened to you, you can almost imagine what a cat might do. So um, in some of these situations, chewing on the tail or attacking the tail would be consistent with that type of uh, a pain um, response. Um, so for some kitties, I'll put them on a drug called gabapentin if we're worried about um, that kind of pain that they might be having. A little bit of some challenges. Like I said, the good thing for you is that she's not injuring herself at this point uh, with the tail. So you've got a little bit of time and room where we can try some things. And my strategies, I, t- I try to start with some of the simple things first. So I might try things like a hypoallergenic diet. I might try some environmental enrichment with some of the interactive toys, things that move, things that um, she has to kind of work on to kind of take her attention away from her tail and with the realization we may need to get into trying a behavioral medicine um, for kitties like uh, like this I might say maybe uh, something like fluoxetine which is like a kitty Prozac uh, clomipramine is another drug we'll use for some of these obsessive behaviors um, and, and see how she does with that and sometimes just kind of committing just a couple courses of therapy is kind of how we figure out all right let's mark this off the list or not whether that could be a cause for that and I can tell you, for people who are considering shaving their cat and want to shave the whole cat, I don't recommend shaving the whole cat going down to the tip of the tail. I've had a cat once before that just after he was groomed, they clipped all the hair off of him, and he thought his tail was like a foreign invader, and he was obsessed about attacking it. So what you're describing is it just seems like it's an out-of-body experience that she's it's, that she's having, you know, like an alien has possessed her tail. So, you know, being a kitty, I'm sure she's confused and not sure what's going on there. So um, I know it's hard to watch that. But, uh, you know, there's definitely some good things we can try. And, um, you know, don't be afraid of things like uh, behavioral medications. Uh, um, they may yeah, have a great I place was, for her. I, I really wasn't. We've had a lot of cats, and I've never used any medication like that. So I wasn't really sure, you know. Yeah, well, cats can be some of the craziest creatures out there, I'll tell you. Dogs, sometimes they're very plain and simple. Cats are the more challenging species I see (laughs) at my practice. So thank you so much for your call. Uh, Any other cat lovers, give me a call if you've got some problems, a boggle you need to solve. This is Dr. Debbie at 1-866-405-8405. You know, Hal wouldn't leave his alone. We finally had to cut it off. My tail, that is. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. And thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I, my <laughs> I'm mouth so fascinated right now, can I tell you? I'm barely holding it together. Uh, you're awesome. <laughs> 
Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio. Uh, Judy was off to the bathroom, so I was screening some calls and uh, trying to write down some information about these animals uh, before we go to air with them. Is there a difference between a dachshund and a dash hound? And what is the difference? It's, it's just different pronunciation. Oh, it is. It's like yeah. potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Well, I mean, dachshund, dachshund is like the appropriate pronunciation. But people say all, it's like people, I have people come in saying, I brought my Rockweiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rockweiler? <laughs> Rockweiler. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know I had that breed in my hospital. But, yeah. you know, there's all sorts of different ways pr- people pronounce things. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> I have a men coon. No, it's a Maine Coon. People actually call it, call it, call it a Maine Coon. Maine Coon. Yeah. yeah. Is it uh, veterinarian or veterinarian? Veterinarian. 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 <laughs> Is it February or February? <laughs> February. What well, am I, the grammar god here? <laughs> yep. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie about uh, your animal or if you have questions about pronunciation, you can call her now. <laughs> Toll free, one 405 405 And uh, Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Oh, God, I have a great story. A cat missing for 10 years goes home. Awesome. That's on the way. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Great. So what's going on with your animals? I have the entire dream team here for you. Well, it's kind of a weird situation. I have a 17-year-old indoor cat. It's been indoor ever since my girlfriend and her son got it. Okay. Uh, the outdoor cat, uh, I, it was, I rescued it. It was growing up in the wild. Somebody dumped it off, and for about a year, year and a half or so, it was living with raccoons. Oh, my. <laughs> and... Then there was a couple other a couple other people I guess were dumping cats off, and then how this cat got uh, the one I have now uh, got caught in a cage and went went berserk. It got got an infection in the uh, Humane Society out in Pomona, California, and so I went down, I rescued it, I nursed it back to health, and it's the most horrible cat that you have ever seen. Wow! It, it like it, it's, it's a female. It wants to be. Uh, a mother hand. It, it licks me. It, it purrs. Uh, it sleeps with me on, on the bed, on the pillow. It's, it always tries to bathe me. Oh, that's wonderful. So what's going on with these guys, Jim? What's your problem? Well, well I see bumps every now and then. I don't see fleas or ticks or anything. And they have been scratching up the kazoo. Oh, God. All right. Do they have any sores on their bodies? Uh, well, I see bumps. I can feel bumps, but when I look, it could be sores, but I think it's from them scratching or biting or, or picking on themselves. 
Ah, okay. All righty. So if we see little small bumps or feel them on cats, um, especially if they're kind of like, if you look at them closely, they might be a little pink, a little kind of almost like a pimple, and sometimes they'll have a scab on them. Um, then, then that can be a condition we call miliary dermatitis, and it's miliary kind of like millets. It's kind of like what it looks like, little bumps. Um, miliary dermatitis can happen from a lot of different reasons in cats. The number one thing that causes it is flea allergy dermatitis. <laughs> so that's always the number one thing on my list when I hear of kitties that have these little bumps, usually around the neck, the head, sometimes on the chest, but also along the back. Um, there are some other causes of that as well, and that might be things like a bacterial infection, um, allergies or food allergies, um, and even things like ringworm. So cats don't always have to get ringworm with like a, a hair loss like a person does. They can actually get these little bumps. So since you do have a kitty going outside, I'm going to say number one thing we need to focus on is flea control. And the funny thing that I always have this conversation with folks about cats and um, a lot of folks will say, oh, I never see fleas or any evidence of fleas on my cat. And that's because in many cases, cats are doing what they do best. They groom and they groom themselves really well. So we can't count on seeing evidence of fleas on cats. Um, If we're in an area that has fleas, and especially with having one going outside, we really need to treat appropriately with that. And that might be a combination of a oral product such as Comfortis um, along with a topical product on a regular monthly basis. So that is by far the number one thing I'm going to ask you to do for both cats. The other thing, and if we do have fleas, to realize is if you have that one cat going outside, we are going to struggle. We are going to struggle hard to control fleas and any resulting skin side effects because of that. Um, So if we're really concerned about getting this under control, we'll try to keep the outdoor cat indoors for about a month's time so we can really do our best to try to get the flea control um, under Uh our belts there. But then, you know, this would be something if you haven't already taken the babies to the vet, you know, we, we'd want to do that and just make sure we don't have something like ringworm and check to see if we need to be on an antibiotic or um, if they do see fleas, sometimes we'll use um, a bit of a steroid just to help decrease the itch so we don't have so much self-trauma um, as a result of the itch because dogs, cats, they can have um, flea allergy dermatitis, which means they are unreasonably itchy from the bite right. of the flea from the saliva. So it doesn't have to be that we have tons of fleas. It could be one flea. And if you have an allergic pet, they are just going crazy from that itch. So um, that's when we'll often use things like, you know, prednisone or other types of steroids just to help kind of uh, quiet down that reaction there. So you got a little bit of work there, Jim, but, you know, work with your veterinarian and see about getting the right treatment and the right products. So, you know, this is something I definitely like to work with my clients because some of the topicals alone aren't going to give us the quickest relief, Um, especially with flea allergy dermatitis. We got to use some of these quick kill type products and, and many of them are the oral forms. Right. Well, you're doing something right, Jim. You got that 17-year-old cat. So give those babies a, a hug and a little scratch. And uh, thanks so much for your call. one 405 8405 This is Animal Radio. 
Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, with about 90 million dogs living in homes in the U.S., we are indeed a country of dog lovers, and proudly so. But not all states, of course, are equal in terms of everything pet or dog. Not in terms of safety and amenities for pets. And this is according to SafeWise.com. In search for their search for the top dog-friendly states, the company looked at their 2015 data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Animal League Defense Fund, and some online resources. Uh, One of those that they used was BringFido.com to see what states have the strictest anti-cruelty laws, uh, the most no-kill shelters and uh, the most dog-friendly hotels, dog parks, and, you know, have a lot of dog events, services, and activities. So here is their top 10 list, and starting with number 10, Washington State. In ninth place is Rhode Island. Kansas comes in at number 8 on the list. Wow. Number 7? Yeah, I know. I it, Was that because Kansas is in the Midwest? Because I was kind of shocked at that one, too, Hal. I have no clue on that one. Well, you'll be surprised further on uh, up the list as well. Number 7 is Massachusetts. Oregon comes in at number 6. Colorado is 5th on the list. And again, we're doing the most dog-friendly states. Oklahoma takes fourth place. Arizona comes in at number three. Second place goes to Virginia. I used to live near Washington, D.C., and that kind of shocks me because um, some of these states do have a lot of kill shelters. That's one of the things that they looked at, but if that kind of balances out with other things, then they can end up high on the list like Virginia. But the most dog-friendly state, according to SafeWise.com, is Maine. Maine. Wow. Holy moly. Almost all shelters in Maine are kill shelters that euthanize to keep from overcrowding the dog numbers low. So it's kind of a weird list, but they did use a lot of different uh, criteria. And California wasn't on that list anywhere. No, I was shocked. Hey, the world of pets is changing, especially in China with the country's fast rise and Mm -hmm. wealthy citizens there. The Chinese government calling for residents to create 1,000 so-called specialty towns by the year 2020. And those specialty towns range in industries, everything from cloud computing to chocolate. And in Pingyang County, they've got about 1 million residents there. Their specialty theme is pets. Pretty Hmm. cool. It's having a little trouble catching on, though. So, But, I mean, China was so far yep. back when it came to issues of pets that even a little bit is a, a vast improvement. But nationally, you know, there is really not any doubt that the Chinese pet economy is really thriving because uh, mostly they've got an aging population, declining birth rates. So there are a lot of empty nesters there that are finding a pet to be the perfect companion. And, you know, those pet-related industries 
like they are in the United States, are really just exploding. I think that's absolutely fabulous, and especially from a country that, you know, ate dogs, uh, right. that, that really did not treat their animals very well. And now, uh, and I know I'm going to get letters for this, China <laughs> is the new USA. So You know, there are still some people that do eat dogs, still some places, usually the more rural places, but they say, you know, the fact that it's countered, by younger, wealthy people, again, is probably those millennials bringing in dogs to have their, you know, a bath on a, a weekly basis. People who actually will jet into a big city and bring their dog because they like a real high-end place for their pets. So, yeah, there's a lot of improvement. Huh. You're going to love this story. Okay. A family whose cat went missing 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean... I would be done mourning by 10 years, I think. <laughs> yes. Realistically, they never expected, who would, to see the cat again. But they got the surprise of a lifetime when they received a call that the cat had been found. And it was pretty recently after the uh, wildfires in Northern California. That was back in October. But the cat, whose name is Pilot, is now 13. He was adopted by a family as a kitten in 2004. And then when he was three years old... Everything had been fine. One day he never came home. And he was just found a few months ago, uh, incredibly about a mile away from where he lived originally. And he was found by a woman who was out searching the fire rubble looking for her own cats. But she came across Pilot, took him to a vet where he did have to have some toes amputated because of severe burns. But meanwhile, Pilot's family, who now lives in Colorado, got a call from the California vet that was treating him, and Pilot is now a Colorado resident with his old family again. Wow. So is this a microchip success, or what, what, how'd they find him? Yes, ma'am. Thank you All for right. pointing that out. Yep, microchipping. I mean, incredible, the wonders that it can do. I was like, thank you. Wow. Happy for Pilot. Mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And, uh, yeah, we all love our pets. Some of us... Maybe too much here in the studio. I, but, uh, you know, for instance, like where I live, we have uh, concrete furniture, just all concrete. We don't have any carpet. Uh, it's just because, you know what, the animals, especially cats, they'll mess it up. And yeah, it could, they can do that. If you're renting an apartment and you have cats, you know, boy, you could end up not getting your deposit back if your cat sprays or uh, does yep. anything to the carpet. And if you're a homeowner, you could the whole floor could be messed up. For you, Judy, I noticed when I went over to your place, you have uh, like little little carpets mm-hmm. and uh, like runners all all over your hardwood floor. And yes. then I see about every year you change them out. You like change the carpets uh, out. It doesn't even last a year. They're they're kind of they're disposable. Let's just put it that way for my animals. Well, you have to wash them a lot, right? Yeah, and then they break down so much. It's just time to get new ones. Yeah. I like Hal's idea with the concrete floor and, and concrete maybe, furniture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, like t- just taking a pressure washer a couple times a year. And 
that, that's actually not a reality. Uh, and I and I joke there with that because raising an animal, you know, it can be very expensive. You have the vet costs, you have the uh, uh, food. the food costs, and you never really think about the costs associated with your house. No, and, you and, don't. I never thought about that. Heck, pe- paper towels alone I have spent a small fortune on. The, Did you uh, say vet care? Yeah, I didn't say vet care. In fact, the average cost of owning a dog is between about $766 to $1,300 for the first year. And then each year after, it can be as, as far as $9,000. The cost of a cat, what? a little bit less. Yeah, well, it depends on what kind of pet owner you are, certainly. We have uh, Chad Hall joining us. He is the CEO of Remodel Mate, and he knows exactly how to build a house or remodel a house for a pet, and that's why I have him on the air today. Hi, Chad. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good. So uh, one of the things we need to think about when we're either buying a house or remodeling a house that will make it more pet-friendly. Um, I think that the big things that everybody should think about is is this going to be your forever home or is this your, your starter home that you plan to grow out of one day? Um, and if so, that should kind of dictate your, your buying decisions. Um, I am the owner of a three-year-old black Labrador. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> her, her name is Cairo. Um, and while she's a bunch of fun, she also is quite destructive. I've had her since she was eight weeks old, and I've gone through all of the different uh, let's call them growth stages. <laughs> so okay. luckily enough, at the time that I, I first adopted her, I was renting an apartment. Um, and I say luckily enough because it wasn't my own house. But um, there were some of the things that I would have taken into account had I understood what it meant to be a pet parent. Um, so to jump into your question, I think that the first thing is that a lot of people automatically think that hard services equal good services for pets. And that is not necessarily true. So, Hal, going back to your joke about concrete, yes, that would eliminate odors, <laughs> uh, that would eliminate, you know, scratching, but it doesn't necessarily make your house home, right? And uh, the whole point of us getting pets and spending a bunch of money on these places that we live is to feel comfortable. Sure. I think that that is something that's oftentimes lost. So, so hard spaces, and I think I spoke about this in the, in the Railtar article, are better when it comes to cleaning up spills. Hardwood um, flooring is what you're saying, yes. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, and that could also be polished concrete. Um, there are uh, quite a different set of uh, surfaces that I, I deal with um, in, in terms of remodeling. Uh, a lot of times where our customers are trying to go for ultra-modern finishes. Um, so this could be luxury vinyl plank. This could be engineered hardwood. This could be solid hardwood. Um, I think those are good things to take into account, but I also think that customers that come to us always are trying to figure out how to solve like one problem and not necessarily all problems. We are with Chad Hall, and he's telling us how to remodel our house so it's pet-friendly and not so easy to damage. And I'm not a hardwood kind of guy, but coming up next, we'll find out some other alternatives to hardwood floors. Stick around. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, 
Go to fearfreepets.com. In today's automotive news, the North American Car of the Year will be chosen at this year's North American International Auto Show on January 15th in Detroit, Michigan. The final three nominees' favorite is the Honda Accord, which gets some much-improved driving dynamics. Nominated is the Kia Stinger, which has dynamic looks, driving characteristics, and style. The final nominee is the Toyota Camry, America's best-selling car for the last 15 years. The Camry gets significant updates for 2018. They are all American top sellers. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. I'm Nick Miles. If you think putting a supercharged V8 in a sedan is crazy or just plain wrong, well, we've got news for you. We don't care. Dodge, welcome to the Brotherhood of Muscle. It's Animal Radio, and we are with Chad Hall. He's from Remodel Mate, and he's helping us figure out how to remodel our homes so that our pets don't cause damage to it. And he just suggested hardwood floors. Not a big fan. If you don't want to do hardwood floors, a lot of people like carpeting. Is there a certain kind of carpeting that would be better for pet stains? Yes. Um, so carpets that are made out of vinyl um, tend to be a little bit easier to um, clean up and maintain, um, mostly because they have a little bit of a higher pile and they absorb at a little bit slower rate than other materials. So if you're going to go with, like, hardwood floors or any type of hard surface, then I definitely think that you should follow the recommendation of, like, runners, um, an area rug, um, just because they help protect those surfaces from scratches. But if you definitely like carpet, then I would just say that you should look for one that and, – and they market this all the time. They're, they're pet-proof. They absorb moisture a little bit longer uh, – or, excuse me, a little bit slower. They take cleaning – um, so either high scrubbing or something like a heat steamer, a lot better. Do they still the make those uh, little squares that you can, you know, throw one away, pull up a square and put down a new square of carpet? Yes. The ingenuity behind the, the, the manufacturing of those types of carpet are, is getting better, too. So back in the good old days, um, you could only find that pretty much like office carpeting. Right. Very low pile. Uh-huh. Um, and when I speak about low pile, I hope everybody understands that. It just means it's not as soft and luxurious. Uh, it's pretty much office carpet that came in these squares which put together like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Uh, but today, you, know, you can walk in any Home Depot or any Lowe's and get you know, a nice, luxurious carpet that comes in a million colors, a, different, you know, a million different pile types um, and materials or, or different compositions. So you can kind of think of it as like T-shirts come in polyester, they come in cotton, they come in tri-blend, and your carpets also come with varying compositions. So you'll, you'll want to look for those that are high pile and will be marketed as pet-proof. Um, they'll absorb moisture a lot less. They'll take a beating when it comes to cleaning, and um, that way you don't have to worry about replacing you know, 1,500 square feet of carpet, you can just worry about, like, it's two foot by two foot. Yeah, that's there. a clever idea. I like yeah. that. Uh, here's one I don't know if you can help with. I had this cat who had a habit of uh, maiming mice, and then the cat would bring the mice in the house. The mice would crawl into the walls where they would uh, probably die. The house would stink. Then we'd get maggots, and then we'd get flies. Yeah. Move. Just so, move. Just burn. Light a match and move. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. The the true answer, how is that there isn't really a way to kind of curb the like nature's instinct, right? Most cats are going to still have some type of hunt left in them. What I would say is that it might be a little bit easier to mitigate the risk just by understanding, you know, how your pet 
patients to, uh, I guess, hunt. Okay. So we have a client. Uh, her name is Layla. Um, she has both rental properties and then a home that she lives in herself. So she found that her cat likes to hunt only in the morning, never at nighttime. And in the morning, you're kind of like waking up, brushing your teeth, getting uh, you know breakfast started, ready to try and get out and get to work on time and deal with our traffic. Um, so she's never, ever really like checking um, to see, did, did we bring home any friends today? Some that may just be maimed and still be trying to figure out, you know, a way to get away. Uh, so I would say those are really the best things. Otherwise, you just need to have an exterminator pretty much on speed dial. And it's, it's <laughs> under, you know, a hundred bucks is, pretty much like the diagnostic seat, kind of like your, your mechanic, just to open the hood and figure out what's wrong, they're going to charge you. And then from there, they're going to come up with some astronomical price uh, to get rid of the problem. Um, and this would be, like, there's a fee for finding the mouse um, and removing. There's a fee for, uh, you know, treating the maggots, and then a fee for treating the fly problem. So you're going to get hit two or three times. Um, so there's not really any way to... to to avoid that from happening. Just hey, part- Chad, go ahead. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Hey, Chad, I, I yeah. was wondering, um, if you're building a new home or remodeling, what's maybe the wisest investment for the money? I see a lot of homes these days that have, uh, you know, extra ledges built into walls for cats to walk on and things. What, what would the best investment be? I, I, I'm going to speak to this from personal experience. I don't have like a customer story this time around, uh, but more okay. so trying to figure out like just an, a, a place that, you know, all rules are off, all bets are off and your, your pet can be themselves in your home. Um, at least cause then you can kind of quarantine anything that might go wrong to one space in the house. Um, the problem is that when you create like a scratch post, uh, pets are kind of like children, right? If you say, Hey, this is where you should have fun, then it, then it automatically becomes not fun. <laughs> um, but if you kind of trick your, your, your pet into thinking that this is just another part of the house, um, but they know that all, this is where all the fun happens, then you can always kind of understand where, where any potential damage would be. Um, and now at least it's, you know, 100 square feet of carpet, of, of, of baseboards, trim, of anything that you would have to be replacing. Um, versus just a free-for-all all all around the house. A pet room. Yes. Yeah. A pet room, yeah, for sure. Mm These are just a few ideas from an article that was in Realtor.com, and we'll put the article over at AnimalRadio.pet. Chad, we are out of time. I have so many questions. We're going to have to have you on again sometime. Is there a website where people can learn more? Yes, the website is RemodelMate.com. There we can help with all project sizes, big or small. Um, We love pet customers, uh, but we can help any, you know, from the smallest jobs to the biggest jobs. We just want to make sure that you guys have a good example um, and a good experience. We'll do it again sometime. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Okay, it is time for us to get on out of here. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, it's so easy. Head on over to animalradio.pet and download the Animal Radio app. It's uh, for iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.